Hello and welcome to Talking Indonesia podcast. This is your host, Charlotte Stiadi from ICSS of Ishak Institute in Singapore. October 2017 marked three years of President Joko Widodo's first term in office. Elected in 2014 as a symbol of hope for Indonesia's progressives, Jokowi won support with lofty promises of infrastructure building, better governance, improved welfare, and economic growth, among others. However, his presidency so far has not been without its ups and downs, with controversies such as the unpopular decision to cut fuel subsidy early in his term, as well as political instability during the Jakarta election earlier in the year involving close ally former Governor Basuki Purnama or Ahok, that highlight what many argue is the rise of conservative Islamic populism under Jokowi's watch. Now that Indonesia is gearing up for another round of important elections, the time is right to do somewhat of a midterm assessment of Jokowi's leadership. Has he lived up to expectations and campaign promises? How does the Indonesian public view his presidency so far, and what issues matter to them when determining who to vote for in the next presidential election? To discuss these issues further, I am joined by Dr. Jayadi Hanan, a lecturer of political science at Paramadina University in Jakarta. He is also executive director of Saiful Mulyani Research and Consulting, a leading political research and polling institute in the country. Dr. Hanan holds a PhD in political science from Ohio State University, and his main fields of expertise include the role of education in democratic cultures, as well as student and religious movements during democratization processes. Mas Jai, welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining me in the show. Thank you for having me. Today, uh, you were at the ICS Yusuf Ishak Institute here in Singapore to give um, a seminar about uh, the findings from a survey that um, Saiful Murjani um, Research and Consulting did back in September, assessing um, Jokowi's electability, his uh, popularity three years in mm-hmm. and two years to go from the 2019 election. Um, I was wondering if you can um, talk to me a little bit about um, the motivations mm-hmm. for conducting this survey and also what methodology you um, employed here. Okay, Thank you, Mbak Charlotte. Uh, we in Saiful Mujani Research and Consulting have uh, around three to four uh, na- uh, tracking, uh, national tracking survey uh, every year. So the September survey is the, the fourth one during the, uh, the year of 2017. Part of the main objective of doing this research is to Number one is to inform the the public about what is going on in in the country, what the public can do about it, and also how uh, how do they evaluate the government and other uh, conditions so so far. Uh, to the policymakers, I think this research can be useful for them to evaluate what they have been doing so far, and also what are the areas that can be improve what the area can be um, strengthened and so on and so forth so so it is a kind of public service uh, research that we do every year at least three times uh, nationally uh, that is the main objective of, of, of this research we conducted this research um, around a week uh, from 2007 uh, from September 2007 until October 3rd of 2017. The sample, uh, the population of this survey is the Indonesian voters nationally. We uh, usually take around 1,200 uh, sample um, 
which is uh, taken by using multi-stage random sampling designed to be representative to all Indonesian population based on geography and other demographic. The margin of error is around 3.1 right. plus, plus, plus minus and the level of confidence that we use is 95%. The, the way we, we conduct the survey is by having face-to-face -face interview. So our surveyors goes directly, went directly to the sample that have been selected. Uh, the, the objective uh, of the survey this time is to find out, number one, what is the evaluation of the people to um, the national governments in general, especially on approval rating, and evaluation on several issues like economy, politics, uh, security issues, um, law enforcement, and then how people evaluate the government performance in uh, based on their programs and, and policies. So going, um, let's get to uh, to the main point mm -hmm. of concern first um, regarding President Joko Widodo's mm -hmm. approval, approval rating mm -hmm. and other main findings mm -hmm. um, to do with President mm -hmm. Joko Widodo. Um, what did the survey find? We found, uh, n number one, in terms of the approval rating, yeah? uh, this survey on September-October uh, found that the level of approval rating of president or the government in general is high enough at the level of 68%. Right. If we compare this number to, to the numbers that we have found during the last one year or so, um, the level of support is stable uh, because since uh, January 2017 uh, uh, our survey has found that uh, this approval rating uh, is not moving up or down too much so it's, it's steady, uh, stable at the level of around 65 to 70 percent. The interpretation is that this number is uh, high enough for an, an incumbent. One way to interpret whether it is high or, or not is by comparing this approval rating to the former president, former president Susilo Bambang Yuno yep. or SBY, uh, two years before 2009 election had the approval rating around below 60, around 57, 50, 58. And he so still got re-elected with he that He still number. got yeah. re-elected with uh, very strong uh, political support. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, the finding is that, of course, we want to understand why the appro uh, approval rating is high. Uh, the answer can be um, found at least in two variables. Variables number one is the what is the general evaluation of the people on general condition of economy, uh, politics, security, law enforcement. In all of these areas, we find that this, uh, this time in the survey, we found that the people's evaluation is relatively much more positive compared to uh, before. Right. Um, the economic the, in terms of economy, uh, in general, uh, view the current condition is better or positive compared to one year ago. Right. And also in terms of security and uh, law enforcement, all are positively viewed. Um, uh, in economy, though, the evaluation on general condition is is mixed up a little bit with an, uh, with low level of. Uh, positive evaluation, uh, especially on the issue of how to find 
the basic uh, the goods that i- that are related to the basic needs basic in, food commodities yeah, prices basic yeah food com- uh, commodity um, most people said that uh, life is getting more difficult right. on that on that issue so specific for economy there is a mix up evaluation uh, among the people about the, the the general condition that's the variable uh, number two number one yeah that is related to the high approval rating uh, va- variable number two that we are uh, looking at in our survey um, how the people evaluate the government's policies yep. and programs in all of the sectors <coughs> both in terms of let's say economy especially on infrastructures education health uh, and so on and so forth including job creation property reduction um, <coughs> controlling the nine basic good prices and so on and so forth we ask people how they feel about that and again there is a mixed evaluation on the positive side people are uh, very appreciative very highly appreciative on the policies and programs of government in uh, in infrastructures project right and yeah. which is Jokowi's flagship yes. uh, projects and, yes. and very strong in um, in his narrative especially now that we're starting to gear into campaign true. mode yeah true true so on that issue people are very appreciative very positive very high uh, both the building of infrastructures project in java and also as outside of java so uh, part of this infrastructure projects is the issue of the what is it making the development is evenly distributed right. yeah so, yeah he's um i i guess like particularly for um uh, regions outside of java jokowi See. seems to have been True. making concerted effort to to exactly. demonstrate even um infrastructure building exactly yeah. that's why one of the i think one of the big discussions in among the public is how the government is trying very hard to make sure that infrastructures like roads, seaport, uh, airport in the area like Papua or Kalimantan are really, really um, being built and constructed. So it seems that that narrative, because there are, there are criticisms um, and there are worries as well among Jokowi supporters that um, his big emphasis on infrastructure would not get through to particularly to lower income voters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a question about whether voters can actually relate to the infrastructure building that Jokowi is trying exactly. to do. So the survey sort of proves that the message is getting through. about The message about, is getting through. Um, infrastructures project through uh, as you know that the economic impact or development impact of infrastructures project uh, is mostly middle or long term yeah. so from econo- I think from economic perspective um, it is true that uh, it, the, the massive infrastructure project does not necessarily means massive economic growth because that economic impact impact will be seen maybe five or ten years uh, from now but on the very short term uh, at least the very short term impact of that is that the people see with their own eyes that there is a development in their own area right right not only in java for the people outside of java for instance or people see that well, some of the many of the government projects, infrastructures especially, uh, has been cynically seen as uh, only one day project. You start the project uh, that day, 
and on the same day their projects also uh, ended so that's the people do not see that during uh, Jokowi era that, that's why it is very uh, it is appreciated very highly by, by the people but again uh, as you said that the economy is not something we can we can avoid right people people live every day and mm-hmm. they have to live their life every day that's why as i said that there is a mixed evaluation on this uh, on the economy but overall uh, this do variable the evaluation on the uh, government policies and programs plus the general evaluation on general conditions overall on on average the trend of that evaluation is positive so I want to pick up um, on that. So uh, with the, particularly compared to last year uh, and now Jokowi's um, approval rating has, 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 has gone up. Um, so um, there, are, there are a number of worries, uh, particularly at the beginning of the year with the Jakarta election mm-hmm. and um, Jokowi being identified as a close ally of, of Ahok mm-hmm. as well in Jakarta, mm-hmm. who um, is now um, not only no longer governor, but in jail. So Jokowi has not felt, um, his popularity rating has not been affected by, yes. by the Ahok case, right. which is what a lot of people were worried right. about. Right? right, that's what we find, yeah. Uh, if Ahok's case is affecting Jokowi's popularity, uh, I think we will not find the trend of his political support increasing or his approval rating is increasing from January 2017 to May 2017 to now um, September or October. Yeah. Picking up on the on the point about the economy and how out of um, out of all the um, the points that you you asked the uh, survey respondents about the points about the economy are, are the ones that uh, scored the poorest. Mm-hmm. Um, this particularly two years out from election um, can be can be quite dangerous for 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 Jokowi and for his political opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, with this data as well, mm-hmm. can you know this can be a source and ammunition to attack Jokowi sure. with, right? Yeah. Um, can you comment about that? Um, yeah. What yeah. you can you know what. Uh, true uh, that's very true um, uh, actually before answering that question on the other side when we ask the people optimism about their life and economy our survey also finds that although people have mixed evaluation on the economy but people are still optimistic about their economy next year and the year after uh, that means economy can be an, an opportunity but also from elector uh, from uh, uh, electoral politics perspective it can be tricky for for the government uh, it is uh, an opportunity because if the president can focus very much on these economic issues especially on those four areas yeah. and they are successful in this then it can meet the people optimism and expectations it can uh, boost uh, even higher the approval rating of the president and thus uh, will affect the uh, political support but it can be tricky because if the economy cannot be turned turned around by the president then it can disappoint and with that uh, then the political opponent can be <coughs> using uh, that issue as a as a very uh, powerful campaign tool. Uh, why it is also tricky because the president would like to focus, I, I know that the, the president and his government would like to focus very much on all of these economic issues 
but as you know and as we all know that economic uh, programs economic developments especially on the short term needs uh, the so-called political stability mm. and you mentioned in the in the introduction that the uh, during the next two years in Indonesia the, that th- those two years are called political years in which all of the activities on the political elites uh, side will be viewed from the political from electoral politics point of view right everything will be viewed politically every good programs will, will be considered political program not to mention the, the the bad program so if political stability cannot be maintained then that economic uh, programs will not be executed well. Talking about uh, political opponents then, um, you also um, asked top of mind questions mm-hmm. about if the election was to be done today, who who would you choose? Yeah. Uh, and um, can, can you um, tell us a bit more about what you found there? Yeah, uh, in our survey we, we have several questions. One of them is top of mind question. Um, usually, one of the way, one of the interpretation to stop my question, the answer to top my question is the uh, the the level of strong support or solid support that the people have. Yeah. Um, uh, um, based on that question, in October to September October two thousand seventeen, we found that uh, the top my support, political support for the incumbent in this case the president, is high at the level of. 38.9 let's say 39 percent yeah his opponent the second one is still the old opponent uh, which is Prabowo Prabowo, but, Subianto, Prabowo yeah. Subianto but the level of uh, top of mind support for Prabowo is quite far from Jokowi which is 12 percent right okay and uh, after that the third spot the third yeah the third and and under uh, and below are all at the level of below 1%. And so what, what are some of those names? Uh, some of those mentioned? names are uh, still Susilo Babang Yudhoyono, which is not eligible for the next election. Right. And then the names that have been around during Indonesian politics, especially also during the Jakarta's election, the names like uh, Anis Baswedan, Basuki Cahayapurnama is also there. Right. And then uh, Agus Harimurti Yudhoyono, Gatun Nurmantyo, who's the um, commander of commander the armed forces, of the armed forces yep. yeah, which is a bit uh, controversial lately. Yeah. And then also Minister of Finance Rimulyani, um, and others, uh, some of the political parties, Cherbens, and yep. so on and so forth. All yep. of those names, but uh, we still have to consider that those names are other, yeah, other names or yep. uh, because. So far, we have only two, which is the president himself and also his uh, former opponent in 2014 election, uh, Prabowo Subianto. Yeah. Do you think, um, you know, Prabowo has already um, uh, uh, announced that he will be seeking mm-hmm. um, uh, to, to contend again in 2019? Mm-hmm. Um, based on your survey, I guess, um, do you think he will be a strong contender? Do you think um, it, will, it will be a close call again, um, like what it was back in 2014. I know it's a bit early, but... Yeah, yeah. based on the data that we have at this point, yeah, um, it will be very difficult for uh, Prabowo to to reach the level of 2014 election um, because of two reasons at least. Number one, Jokowi was nobody in 2014. He doesn't have a majority political parties behind him. Um, he was considered an outsider 
in national politics he uh, he doesn't have very good uh, relation with relationship with his own political parties but still Prabowo could not defeat him so uh, I think for now Jokowi is incumbent he has the, uh, the all of the political power uh, in his hand he has most of the political parties in the parliament and his uh, approval rating is high so in, in other words um, it will be much more difficult for Prabowo even to be as competitive as uh, 2014 election. Right, because I guess and there there are a, a lot of worries about, uh, particularly after witnessing the Jakarta election, mm -hmm. and um, Prabowo, of course, at that time, uh, was the backer, well, still is the backer mm -hmm. of Anis Baswedan, mm -hmm. um, and he became associated with um, some of the more hardline Muslim groups mm -hmm. that also supported Anis Baswedan. Mm -hmm. um, there, are, um, there are worries about the polarization of votes and polarization yeah. of attitudes. Um, coming up to 2019 between those who support Jokowi and those who support mm -hmm. Prabowo and how prominent issues to do with religion mm -hmm. um, class also but like tied to religion mm -hmm. um, may play out right. um, in 2019 from uh, the survey that you conducted did you find uh, these kind of um, I guess demographic tendencies um, between those who support Jokowi and those who support Prabowo mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. terms of their religion, class, education backgrounds, mm -hmm, and all that, mm -hmm. and whether uh, our uh, worries of polarization is true or not. What do you right. think? Um, <clears throat> yeah, if we, if we look at the demographic of the supporters of Jokowi versus especially Prabowo, one, in general, we found that the, the level of support of Jokowi uh, is higher than Prabowo in all types of demographic. Right. But if we look at the the strength of the support in each of the uh, aspect of demography, then we'll find some differences. Number one is that in terms of the rural versus urban area, the support for Jokowi is stronger in the rural areas. In terms of the level uh, socio-economic condition, the class, um, the level of support for Jokowi is stronger the lower level people, uh, people with uh, lower level education and also with lower level of uh, income. Um, also in terms of uh, in terms of the age, the support for, for Jokowi tends to be lower as the, the, the age of the voters is, is younger. So younger voters tend to favor, more likely to favor Prabowo than the older generation. As I said before, uh, uh, Jokowi has been higher in yeah. terms of his support oh, across, the board. across yeah. the board yeah. but when we compare compare uh, between his uh, his support among uh, different uh, ages then we found that the support for Jokowi let's say it's not optimal yet although right. he has been uh, uh, beating Prabowo in the uh, people with a young age yeah, yeah? Uh, but Compared to his supporter at the level of uh, older age, yeah. ages, um, Jokowi's support in uh, young people is still needs to be uh, improved. Yeah? Right. Now, uh, regarding uh, related to the polarization, uh, polarizations, as you mentioned, the support for Jokowi based on uh, the the religion is not he has although he has again he has been higher than Prabowo but his the strength of support that he has 
among or, or among Indonesian Muslim is still not that high. He he is now at the level of around 40% of support among the Muslim. It is higher than Prabowo. Prabowo I think is around 20, uh, almost 30. But again, only 40% while Indonesian voters is around um, 87% Muslim. So he, he needs to be better on, on, on that issue. The attention should be directed toward two, two things at least. Number one, on that issue of religious uh, affiliation and support. Number two, if, uh, as, as I mentioned before, that the, the level of support of Jokowi is now higher among the people at the rural areas and the lower level people, both in terms of education and uh, in, in social class. The voting behavior of the lower level people like this um, are usually um, more easily uh, to be affected by political campaign, mm -hmm. aggressive political campaign, especially when um, that campaign is related to the social issues. So there's a lot of room here from, from all sides um, contesting for yes. really populist policies. Yes, yeah. exactly. So the populist policy can be very, very powerful um, for the lower level people, especially when the government is not good enough in, in attacking the economic problems during the next two years or, or so. How important then, um, I guess, not just for Jokowi, but also for all parties um, that are contesting, um, the choice of running mate, right? Now, mm -hmm. there are a lot of speculations about who will be um, Jokowi's running mate, Prabowo's running mate. Um, it seems like um, this will be quite an important decision to make. Yes. Uh, um, the choice for running mate will be very, very important for, the jo for Jokowi's opponent. For Jokowi's opponent, yeah. yes, right. At this point, yes, yeah, uh, especially Prabowo, right. because Prabowo alone cannot now beat uh, uh, Jokowi. Right. Uh, so Prabowo needs to find somebody who is um, strong enough to bridge between Prabowo's strong supporters, especially on the Muslim community, with the the people who are more likely to be uh, the uh, the independent and uh, who are more likely to be supporters of Jokowi. Right. So I think so far they don't have it. Right. Yeah. We we don't we don't they don't have it. Uh, I think on the side of Prabowo maybe uh, at this point the choices of running mate that are available uh, is the people like Anis Baswedan. Mm. But Anis Baswedan and Prabowo um, has the voters with the same characteristic or similar. So right. yes. this combination will not enlarge the, the base of, of, of Prabowo. Yeah. Right, I see what you mean. So like with, with Jok um, both, both sides, um, Jokowi and Prabowo, need to uh, pick a running mate that would appeal to, I guess, the middle, yes. right? While, you know, that would be harder for Prabowo mm -hmm. to, to, to yeah. bridge that gap. That's, yeah. Yeah. On the side of Jokowi, he... Uh, will have two options, mm -hmm. big option, depends on the development of his approval rating mm -hmm. and people's evaluation on, on his performance. If he can, uh, if he can perform much better than today than this year, let's say in 2018, he can uh, perform excellently in economy. He can uh, meet the people's uh, expectation on lowering the price of the 
nine basic goods for for example he can show the people that job creation is high and yeah. so on and so forth then the the approval rating of the president will be very high and that means the possibility uh, the the people's aspiration to elect him again as the president will be much higher if that happens then Jokowi's position will be the same as Susilo Bambang you know in 2009 meaning that he has a large room to maneuver in terms of choosing running mate. And I guess like we were talking before recording this podcast as well, like whoever Jokowi chooses to be his running mate, because he's he won't be running again after, obviously, uh, is quite important in terms of regeneration of this type of leadership that Jokowi has been representing, I guess. Exactly, exactly. I agree with that assess- assessment that um, 2019 national election will not... we, we is important not only because it is... Um, uh, because it is the first time we do simultaneous election or concurrent election, legislative and presidential. But also, I think it will mark the the real transition from transitional and old types of national leadership in Indonesia to the the, the really new one. So I think the import uh, pres- uh, Jokowi's presidency will be very important as a stumbling block. Uh, uh, to um, to to the next generations of Indonesian leadership. In other words, uh, whoever becomes the running mate of Joko uh, of Jokowi uh, should be considered as part of uh, the new uh, or the next generations of Indonesian national leaders. Let me ask you. This is um, uh, sort of a, a slightly different question about uh, more about you know your your um, an executive director mm-hmm. of a polling institute and um, particularly mm-hmm. in the last um, election, the two thousand fourteen, two thousand twelve, and 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 in recent times, um, polling agencies and polling data um, have been very influential. Can I ask um, for you to to reflect on on the growing role yeah. of uh, polling institutions in yeah. Indonesian politics and how you see growing um, going forward yeah <clears throat> that's a good question I think uh, <clears throat> in my opinion as the as a country is moving toward uh, democracy uh, there you have uh, people are put into a very important position in politics right so I see that the the the, uh, the rise of the polling agencies, the pollsters or survey institute in Indonesian uh, term, is one of the consequences of we embrace democracy. Why? Because democracy is always trying to reflect whether or not uh, its performance, its policies, government policies in this case, uh, or or government decisions are the reflection of the will of the public or the will of, of the people. Uh, the question is, how do we know that our democracy has been the reflection of the will of the people, right? So the state, the uh, uh, the, uh, the state, the government needs to know what is inside the people mind. What are what are the th- the, th- the thinking of the people about anything? which can be the input for the next policies or about the current policies. Now we have uh, the instrument, a very powerful instrument and, and very accurate, which is the method, survey methodology. So I think the existence of public uh, pollsters like, uh, like us 
is very important for democracy. Of course, you can say uh, we we understand that there are good pollsters, bad pollsters there. Um, but let's uh, let's let's uh, let's see on the on on the bright side. Dr. Jayadi Hanan, thank you very much for joining me mm-hmm. uh, on this episode, giving us a very informed discussion of um, Jokowi's performance three mm-hmm. years in. Mm-hmm. That was Dr. Jayadi Hanan. He is a lecturer of political science at Paramaribo University in Jakarta. He is also executive director of Saiful Mulyani Research and Consulting. Talking Indonesia will return on the 7th of December. Remember, you can find the entire Talking Indonesia podcast archive at the Indonesia at Melbourne blog, subscribe via iTunes so you'll never miss an episode, or find us via your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, this has been the Talking Indonesia podcast. Bye for now.